Hi, I'm Yusuf Zin. My latest TVO Today podcast is on how a Canadian ends up in a Chinese prison, and if he's even alive. Listen and subscribe to Extradition. Available now, wherever you get your podcasts. For more in-depth perspectives and interesting stories, sign up for our daily newsletter at tvo.org slash daily. As parents confronted choices this summer about online schooling versus in-person class during the pandemic, some opted for a third option, homeschooling. It may sound straightforward, but do parents really know what they're getting into? With us now on that, in Thedford, Ontario, in Lambton County, there's Sarah Hornblower. She is a mother of seven who has been homeschooling her kids for the past 17 years. And in the provincial capital, Carlo Ricci, professor in Nipissing University's Schulich School of Education and a longtime volunteer with the Ontario Federation of Teaching Parents. And Todd Cunningham. He's an assistant professor in the teaching stream at the U of T's Ontario Institute for Studies in Education and a school and clinical psychologist. And it's great to have you three on TVO with us tonight about this. Carlo, maybe just um, some technicalities off the top here, because homeschooling can refer to a pretty broad swath of different things. Um, Can you explain the different learning configurations you have seen it applied to? Well, when people homeschool, some people try to replicate the school curriculum so they can go as far as trying to create a classroom in their home where they try to do exactly what schools uh, do. And other people try a a more relaxed approach, uh, sometimes known as unschooling or self-directed learning or what I like to call willed learning, W-I-L-L-E-D, where uh, the learner gets uh, is empowered and gets to decide what to learn, where to learn, how to learn, for how long, whether to opt in or opt out. So uh, people do it uh, in a number of different ways. Okay. Todd, what is your take on homeschooling? Well, I, I think it's a great option that many parents have uh, available um, to them. But I think whenever we kind of think about um, homeschooling, we also have to think about kind of di- different purposes. One of the key things that we really want our students to do is develop some essential skills uh, as students, the ability to read and read accurately and fast and understand what they're reading, to be able to write and communicate their ideas through written um, expression, the ability to be able to do math. And so, so sometimes when we're doing homeschooling, we have to ensure that there are critical components in the schooling day to really help develop those key academic skills. Sarah, why have you chosen to homeschool your kids? We actually started for less than stellar reasons. Um, My oldest was going into JK and I had just had um, our fourth child and it was almost a two kilometer walk to the school and the idea of getting four little kids out the door to walk almost two kilometers both ways um, was not a good idea to me at the time. And um, so we thought we'd try it for a year and then we ended up loving it. So here we are 17 years later. Hmm. And what do you feel homeschooling has been able to do for your children that you weren't sure that the public system or even a, a, a private school system would be able to do? Um, for us, what's been really great is the ability for me to tailor what my kids need uh, to each of their individual needs. Um, several of my children have special needs and the school system, um, we did have our children in um, the public school system off and on over those 17 years. Um, and the school system at times was not able to um, meet the needs of the children as well. Um, they just didn't have the resources available um, that we had at home. And one more follow-up here. What are you hearing from other parents uh, who may be doing what you're doing as to why they're doing it right now during this pandemic? 
Um, right now, the, um, a lot of parents who are joining right now are because either uh, mom or dad may have a um, compromised immune system. Um, people who are keeping their kids home for JK and SK. Um, there's a lot of fear about the post-COVID classroom um, and what has been removed from the classroom. Uh, there's a lot of kids who would not tolerate the mandatory masking that's available. Um, there's just a lot of unknowns. Um, same with parents are fearing the second wave and if a child has to come home again and what that will do to them. Well, Carla, it does raise the question of whether or not this pandemic has sort of opened a, a door even wider to people trying homeschooling who might not have tried it before. What are you hearing about that? Yes, um, numbers have increased uh, at the Ontario Federation of Teaching Parents. Our numbers have gone up probably 40% over last year, uh, people who are becoming members. And um, so we went from about 370 last year to 519 most recent from September 2nd to uh, September 30th in that short or September 10th in that short time frame. We've had 30 more people sign up to the Ontario Federation of Teaching Parents. And uh, our rates did go down, but it's only in the tens of, of dollars. So it's not very uh, likely that that's the reason why people are moving over. And there are also, you know, uh, a Gallup poll published August 25th, 2020, revealed that 10% of American families with children of school age are intending to homeschool their children this year. That's a huge increase uh, up from 5% a year ago. And... Um, Jim Mason, vice president of the Homeschooling Legal Defense Association, said that the phones are ringing off the hook as record numbers of people are inquiring about homeschooling. And the National Homeschool Association reported receiving 3,400 requests for information in a single day this summer in contrast to the typical 5 to 20 increase per day prior to the, uh, the pandemic. So um, in short, numbers are uh, definitely uh, more interested is being, uh, realized. Okay, but Carlo, just to be clear, th this is all pandemic motivated, presumably, yes? Um, I, I, I mean, it makes sense to me that the numbers are going up. Um, for example, uh, you know, parents might for the have been forced into homeschooling because of what's going on uh, with the mainstream school system. But while they're in it now, they would have recognized and realized that this is actually a good option for our family. For the first time, maybe they might be witnessing um, by spending more time with their children in the schoolwork, realizing that this is what my children are actually doing in school. I could do a better job than that. And some parents are realizing that their children are not doing well mentally. Uh, school has a, a, a dark side to it. For example, uh, during the school year, students take more prescription medications, they check themselves into hospitals, commit suicide, report being stressed, incidents of child abuse go up when report cards are handed out. Uh, doctors are still trying to figure out why kids get more headaches during back to school season. Uh, Peter Gray talks about how um, in a survey a few years ago, the American Psychological Association found that teenagers are the most anxious people in America, that 83% cited school as a source, if not the source of anxiety. Uh, Dr. Black, Dr. Tyler Black, who's a child psychologist in British Columbia, he wrote in a recent podcast in the Toronto Star, uh, my job is easy during summer and non-school days because kids are less in crisis. I see less kids and my primary research interest being suicide, we know for certain uh, that the highest rates of suicide are during school months and school days for kids. Okay, Carlo, um, jumping in here, because I, 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 sure. I, I want to hear Todd on this as well. You are a school and clinical psych, uh, psychologist. I mean, the, the, 
you know, almost apocalyptic description we just heard of what it's like to be a, a child in the school system in the province of Ontario today um, may belie the fact that 95% of the children in this province are reasonably successfully educated in the public school system, um, English, French, Catholic. Um, you want to just comment on what you heard from Carlo? Yeah, you know, when we have uh, this schools in, there's increased stress levels um, in students. But overall, we see a lot of protective factors that school brings. You know, not only does school, we rely on school to teach the academics, but it's also a wonderful place for socialization that that takes place. We can create very, um, a lot of students have very safe learning environments that they're a part of, that they can enjoy and explore new ideas that they might not have been able to get in other areas. And I think one of the concerns that we have about just kind of so many um, families choosing to go to homeschooling is the idea that there's still some critical skills that we need to ha happen. We, My fear is we're going to say we're going to use homeschooling, but a lot of kids are just going to spend their days on devices, watching uh, TV or doing other types of games and not actually interacting socially with, with others um, their, their age or really helping develop those key academic skills. And what we know is these key academic skills, the ability to read, write and do mathematics, they need to be practiced and they need to be taught in a very systematic way. And um, if we don't have that kind of structure of the, the school system um, kind of guiding or a, a person who's at least guiding them through that, the development of those skills, then we could lead to a situation where those skills don't develop as we would expect them to be. Well, let Not me saying ask that the parents obvious... can't do that, but um, it's definitely something that parents will have to really attend to to ensure that their children are getting the essential skill developments. Let me ask the obvious follow-up, Todd. Is homeschooling potentially right for everyone? No, I don't think homeschooling is potentially right for everybody. You know, some families, um, due to the work situations that are going on, both parents have to be working and there is no one there to guide the student through that learning process. Sometimes the parent-child relationship um, has certain conflicts within it and the, the parent isn't a suitable teacher because it's going to create too much stress and therefore that, that relationship is going to be um, more strained. Um, parents themselves might be under a lot of stress within the home and therefore they can't give the, the emotional resources towards the child to be able to help them in, in their development. So no, it's, it's not a, um, a, something that all families should consider. Okay, Sarah, let me come back to you on this. What are, um, I mean, bullying is an issue in schools. We have to recognize that. Uh, as good as many of the public schools in this province are, bullying is an issue. And I wonder how often you hear that, either in your circumstances or from other parents, as to an explanation why homeschooling makes sense as opposed to sending a bullied child to school. Um, we experienced that personally um, with our youngest. Uh, when he was in kindergarten, he came home uh, most days in tears. Uh, there was a young uh, child in the class and they did not um, get along um, well and um, he didn't take it well and so he came home for that reason um, but we see that a lot especially as we get to the mid part of the school year um, the increase for requests on the various social media boards that um, i help admin uh, we see that concern an awful lot um, of children feeling bullied feeling powerless within the system and so um, parents make the choice or arrive at the decision that they need to homeschool so uh, homeschooling categorically eliminates bullying from your children's lives. Is that right? No. 
I would not say it does because we live in a society where um, we see bullying in all forms, um, whether you're employed or whether you're in school. Um, there is always bullies in our society, um, but it limits the bullying at a, um, a cohort level and does give the child a chance to learn some different skills um, so they can still uh, go ahead in life. They're, um, I think it does limit um, the day-to-day -day bully that you would see in a school environment. Okay, let me pick up on that last point, Sarah, because, you know, one of the arguments we hear is that homeschooling has its advantages, and you've just listed what some of them are, but a potential disadvantage is the sort of natural everyday socialization um, that kids would get with other kids that they don't get if they're only being schooled at home. Can you speak to that? Um, there's a big difference in what homeschooling in our area looks like pre and post COVID. Um, before COVID, we would do about 30 to 45 field trips a year, uh, about one a week. Um, and that's in addition to uh, classes and volunteer opportunities and sports that we're running in our community. Um, now that we're dealing with COVID, um, a lot of operators that are operating are offering uh, field trips this year. Um, so we're limited in our opportunities that way. We've been forced to get creative with where we're going to meet. So right now, um, any sort of gatherings are happening at parks and conservation areas and hiking, um, as opposed to um, gyms and stuff like that. One more question for you here, Sarah, and that is there's no question that you know your children better than anybody else in this whole world. But are you sure you know how to teach well enough to make sure your children are well educated? If I don't know a subject matter, um, I can always, we have the ability to hire the tutor. Um, we have the internet. Uh, there are so many free classes, even at the university level. Um, I would say, am I qualified to teach calculus? No, um, I'm not, but um, I can always go and buy an online program. There's lots of opportunities for me to be creative with how to teach that should my children choose to learn it. Um, but as far as I'm able to, uh, I'm able to uh, adapt the curriculum to what my children individually need, and that is a huge advantage that I have. Okay, understood. Carlo, you mentioned earlier in our conversation that you've been getting a lot of uh, phone calls from people inquiring. What kinds of, uh, what do they want to know? What questions are they asking you? Um, well, there's um, quite a number of calls that we're getting. Of course, parents are just as concerned as um, you know, the, the general population in terms of uh, homeschooling. I asked uh, our person who's in charge of receiving phone calls and she said uh, on August 7th this week, it is lots of families who are terrified to send their children into large class settings. Families already dealing with other health issues, multi-generational homes that don't want COVID exposure. Uh, many are kindergarten younger, so they have fully registered for school, and they're relieved that they don't have to do public school kindergarten, and uh, and so on. So some of the calls I receive are also people who are panicked. And I just want to say that there, there's been at least three studies that I'm aware of looking at how young people are coping as a result of, uh, you know, COVID-19 now that they've been thrown into this particular situation. And essentially what the data is showing that overall they're coping extremely well and that they're doing, uh, you know, stress levels are going down, their well-being is improving. And that seems to be a, a theme that's coming through it rather than the opposite, which is, oh, you know, young people aren't going to school. Their mental health is suffering. That's not what the data is showing. The data is showing that their mental health and stress 
is getting better and uh, they're improving their overall well-being. Yeah, we did a program about that very thing last week, uh, 7,000 parents contributing to a parent survey and, and some good data and information there. But let me just uh, f follow up, um, Carlo, with some of the basic questions. I imagine some people call and want to know, A, is homeschooling legal? Just for the record, it's legal, right? Absolutely. We're very fortunate in Ontario. There's very low level regulation. And if parents want to homeschool, probably the first place to start is to just uh, read Program Policy Memorandum 131, which outlines, it's not very long, five to 10 pages, and it just gives you all the information you need to know about homeschooling. So if a parent wants to homeschool, there's Appendix D within Program Policy Memorandum 131. They just put their name down, their child's name down, and they fax it to the board. Uh, notifying that they want to homeschool, and then the board just sends back a letter of acknowledgement. Okay, so another, fast another fast question here. Another fast question. If you homeschool, it, it does not inhibit you or prohibit you from going to post-secondary after that's over, right? Absolutely not. So uh, there are many ways that homeschoolers use to get into post-secondary education. Sometimes they take top six, course, six courses only. Sometimes they write ACTs and SATs. Sometimes they use... Uh, portfolios. Uh, there are open universities, for example, Athabasca University is a fully accredited Canadian university. All you need to get in there is to be 16 years of age, you're automatically in. So you don't need a high school diploma, you don't need to show them your marks. Uh, if you're younger than 16, you just need a note from your parents and you're automatically in. All universities in Canada pretty much have uh, policies for homeschoolers and so on. Okay, Todd, how about this? Um, Sarah told us earlier that, that she is able uh, to create a curriculum that meets the specific needs of her children, uh, which is terrific. Um, and I guess as well, there's no obligation to write tests or exams or that kind of thing. So a unique curriculum, no obligation to write exams, it's quite different from what a typical kid would experience in a typical public school class. What's your view on that? Yeah, and I, I think uh, what, what Sarah outlined was, was wonderful. You know, she's really talking about the looking at the different areas of development that her kids need in terms of uh, skill sets. She's looking for resources online to supplement her own knowledge to be able to help develop those, those areas. And, and over time, she's really following her, her children to be able to ensure that they are de developing those skills. So that, that, that's excellent. I think one of the challenges is, is um, if you don't have the time to be able to invest in that, if you're just pulling your kids and you're not actually thinking about how do I go about moving my child through these developmental stages in, in um, uh, developing uh, academic skills and in curriculum knowledge, that they might fall, fall behind. And, um, and there is definitely um, research that shows that when children aren't provided with access to the, the resources, such as a number of books and, and being able to practice reading and spelling and math, that they do fall behind quite quickly and then it takes longer to catch them up. So again, we need to be very intentional about homeschooling. This is not something we're just pulling them out because they were worried about um, their safety at school and we didn't like the online learning environment in the fall or the spring. So we, we don't want to do that again. And we're just going to kind of spend a year where we're just going to let them do whatever they want, want to do. Okay. We do have to be intentional about how we're structuring that time for them. And how about this, Todd? Do, do you have any um, sort of empirically provable evidence system-wide that would compare how literate, either in math or English or whatever, homeschooled kids are versus those who go through the public school system? I don't have anything about the homeschooling population, but we do know about what we kind of call about the summer slide, 
where students who come from homes that um, don't focus on the de um, development of literacy skills over the course of a couple months of, of the summer, that those students, um, they perform about two to three months um, behind those students whose families did um, help develop literacy skills or focus on literacy skills um, over this summer. So we do know that when we don't practice, we don't develop those skills. Sarah, what can you tell us about what you know as to how the math skills, the English skills, the knowledge of geography, whatever, pick, pick, pick your poison as they say, uh, how your kids compare to kids who've gone through the public school system in the area you live? Um, I actually choose, so I have a choice, um, like any other homeschool in the province, um, to have my children write the EQAOs um, at grades three and six. Um, I have had my children go in and write those tests, and they have scored very comparable to their counterparts who have been in the public school system um, in both um, reading and math. Um, for other areas, um, we do a lot of, uh, like, I only focus on reading, writing, and math in the elementary grades. I add science when we get to high school. Um, and I also tailor our high school, so it's very hands-on based on what the kids are interested in. Um, so my, my little boys right now who are 10 and 12 are interested in motors. So we have found them an old motor, and they're currently tearing it apart to learn how it works, and they'll be putting it back together. Um, my high schoolers want to be social workers, so we're learning um, the importance of creating really good reports, good listening skills, good active learning skills, um, connecting with people on an emotional level, things that would make a very valued social worker. Um, my twins both became welders. We did lots of welding classes through continuing ed at a local college. Um, so I would say that um, considering that they've graduated and are employable um, at the same age as those who've come out of the public school system, that my kids do uh, meet the bar. You sound like a good teacher too, Sarah. Uh, tell me this, um, in our last 30 seconds here, how, your oldest is in what grade? Uh, she's, my oldest is 21 and my youngest is 10. 21 to 10. Okay, so the, has the 21-year-old gone on to post-secondary education? Um, she was going to, but she decided that she loved working with dairy cows instead. Um, so she is a dairy herds person. Um, my twins graduate from Fanshawe College in the fall or in the, in the spring from uh, welding. Um, my next two want to be social workers, and my little boys, I think, want to be mechanics or farmers. <laughs> Terrific. You got all the bases covered there. Well done. Uh, I want to thank all three of you for coming on to TVO tonight and helping us understand this phenomenon uh, a lot better, uh, a phenomenon which uh, presumably is going to be in higher demand thanks to COVID-19. Sarah Hornblower, Carlo Ricci, Todd Cunningham. Good of all of you to join us on TVO tonight. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. The Agenda with Steve Pakin is brought to you by the Chartered Professional Accountants of Ontario. CPA Ontario is a regulator, an educator, a thought leader, and an advocate. We protect the public. We advance our profession. We guide our CPAs. We are CPA Ontario. And by viewers like you. Thank you.